0: Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Anthony C. Ferrante, director of Sharknado. Hi, this is the voice of BattleBots, Mark Biro. This
1: is Seth Shostak, senior astronomer at the SETI Institute.
0: Hello, my name is Matt Simon. I am a science writer at Wired Magazine and author of the new book, The Wasp that Brainwashed the Caterpillar. This is Frank Joseph. I'm the author of an essay in the latest book Lost Secrets of the Gods. Hi, this is Linda Godfrey, author of American Monsters. Hello, my name is Robert Sullis. I'm the author of Unidentified: The UFO Phenomenon. Hi, this is Nick Redfern, the author of Close Encounters of the Fatal Kind. Hi, my name is Bob Luca. And my name is Betty Andreassen Luca. Hi, this is Jesse Pruppis, the producer of JFK: The Smoking Gun. Hello, this is Marty Langford. I'm the director of Doomed: The Untold Story of Roger Corman's. Of and- Fantastic Four. Hi, this is Kevin Randall, author of Alien Mysteries, Conspiracies, and Cover-Up. Hi, this is Tracy Roberts, founder of Public I'm Jeremiah Bomek,
1: the producer of The Real of Horror. Hi, my name is Bill Hall, author of The World's Most Haunted House. Hi, this is Micah Hanks, and I'm the author of the book The Ghost Rockets. And you're listening to Emmy on the Graveyard Shift Talk Show, blogtalkradio.com.
2: Shift talk show, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Emmy, and you are listening to the greatest talk show that ever has been, is, or ever will be. That's this show right here, The Graveyard Shift. And by the way, we want to thank everybody, all of the fans that made this possible over all these many, many years that we've been on the air. Those of you that were listening last week, thank you because, of course, nothing at all wrong happened. When we did our first episode after two years, right? No, no mistakes whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you'll, you'll find that not to be the case if you listen to last week. So what's this week about? What is this week about? Well, first of all, first of all, before I do anything at all, anything at all, I want to give a shout out to somebody. I want to give a shout out to uh, a gentleman who's uh, been very helpful to me has given me a lot of uh, advice and guidance and very helpful information a gentleman who works for uh, Cox Media Group by the name of Richard Dene. I want to thank you so much Richard, you've been very helpful in kind of getting me back into the swing of things as it were because you know, many of you don't know this but I'm a I'm a dinosaur, okay? <laughs> I'm from the way back in the in the late 90s when we were still doing Uh, radio shows in the studio. And, you know, some of you might say, Oh, wait a minute. I mean, they're still doing radio shows in the studio (laughs) as many as you think, you know, most of the shows that you hear on the radio now are just your typical top 40 stuff. Very, very few still have the, um, the talk element. You know, if you want to have an actual talk show nowadays, guess what? You're going to have to get your own equipment, do it yourself out of your home studio, which is what I'm doing now. And then hope to God you get enough fans that you get into the 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 iTunes verse and into the iHeartRadio verse. That's what everyone is pining for. And and speaking of which, we are already on iTunes. If you go on iTunes right now and you go to the podcast section, look up the graveyard shift, make sure that it's ours, you know, because you'll see a cartoon version of my face on there. And if they have the old logo, sometimes on some devices I've noticed that they don't update. The, the the graphics for some reason because on some devices they have our old logo which is fine it's the yellow and black graveyard shift talk show logo and you'll know it's ours because we have the most updated episodes which is today February 19th 2020 and also I wanted to let you guys know that we already submitted our show to iHeartRadio so hopefully very soon you will be able also to listen to us on the road uh, to, on our heart radio So when that happens, when that becomes official I will make an announcement on our Facebook page Which is of course Facebook.com slash The Graveyard Shift That's Facebook.com Excuse me, Graveyard Shift Show That's Facebook.com slash Graveyard Shift Show um, And if you're listening to us on Blog Talk Radio That's BlogTalkRadio.com slash The Graveyard Shift So enough of all that I got that all out of the way Tonight we are going to discuss a little bit, a kind of a continuation from the first episode. From those of you that were listening to the first episode, you know I was talking about the comic book movies and how superhero movies kind of defined how, how things were going in the new decade of the 2020s and how Digitainment has just kind of just saturated with us with so much content. Tonight we're kind of, going to, kind of going to take a little bit of a leap past that. So we're going to talk about remakes, reboots, something I call requels, and then we're going to talk about how that really guides everything that's going forward. Now, excuse me, uh, got to gotta make a cough here. Give me one second here. I need to get like a little cough button. I, I miss those. I used to have those back in the day and they don't have them anymore, so... I gotta I gotta kind of improvise. By the way, if you guys want to call in and give your own opinion, you can do that. The number is error code five one six five nine five eight three one three. That's five one six error code five nine five eighty three thirteen. And then you know if you're if you behave if you're nice, I'll let you on. Uh, just kind of hang in there if you do call in. Uh, because I'm I do see you calling in, but sometimes I have to put you on a screen to kind of, you know, bring you in at the right time. All right, so What am I talking about with requels? What is that? So first of all, we all know what a remake and a reboot is, right? Someone with uh, someone's doing a property and they're remaking it modern day, right? So for example, one particular, I don't know, just out of nowhere, the Manchurian Candidate. That's been remade quite a bit. You know, they had that film coming out in the 70s or in the 60s or 70s. Then they came out with one in 2004. And, you know, that was a remake. They remade it or Psycho when they remade that, you know, someone actually remade it shot for shot. Then you have a reboot. That's when they take a property and they try to bring it back. So they they had Total Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, in the I think it was in the 80s or in the late 90s. And then they they made a, a reboot of that in the 2000s with the Colin Farrell. I'm sorry, with Colin Farrell. I can't say the name Colin Farrell without laughing. And um, you know, that did what it did. And then of course they had. You know, so many other reboots, but that's just the first couple that come to mind. So what is a requel? Well, I don't even know if this word has been used before. Maybe I'll trademark it. Who knows? To me, a requel is when they take a property that's already been established, and then they continue the story in the same universe, but not necessarily using the same characters. So already this should be um, conjuring a lot of different titles for you. One moment, please. Okay. Uh sorry, I'm back. So already you should be thinking of things like Star Wars, Star Trek, you know, even things as obscure as Conan the Barbarian, you know, they did that is no that's not actually a requel, that's more like a re a reboot. But, you know, things of that nature, okay? Now you might be thinking, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a second. I mean, how are you saying that the Star Wars and Star Trek movies are requels?" I'm going to get into that. But before I do, before I do that, I'm going to go back in time again in the second episode, and I'm going to talk to you about all the stuff that's, that that has come to this point. So we were talking in the last episode about how Hollywood had gotten into this trend of just recycling and, and using stuff that's already been done. And there was this argument that, well, maybe there isn't any original ideas anymore. maybe Maybe it's just – Maybe it is just reboots and 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 things that um that you know are just recycled and and you know what that the case there really isn't um there were actually quite a bit of original films of original um of original things that happened that original excuse me original movies that came out that were really good and you know, we're going to get through that. We're going to go through that and discuss all that stuff. So um, now we're going to go through the, the reboots, all the things that were recycled. So, of course, there's going to be a lot of comic book movies in here. So we got to start with Batman. Batman has been rebooted so many freaking times. OK, you had the first one with Michael Keaton. OK, now I'm not talking about the TV one. That doesn't count. I'm talking about films. So, OK, you know what? switch that because there is going to be a TV, some TV stuff in here. So yes, we're going to talk about TV too. Let's start with the Adam West one. I, 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 I'm going to take that back. You have the Adam West version of Batman in the sixties. That was one of the first Batman properties to be on TV consistently. Okay. That came out. And then that Batman has, Oh my gosh, there's been so many, you know, you've got Michael Keaton, Batman, you've got my Val Kilmer Batman, you've got George Clooney. And then, you know, after that, several years later you have batman begins in 2005 where christopher nolan brought us a very gritty visceral dramatic reboot of batman with batman begins and i mean let's face it that's the one that all of us really have embraced so far that's the one that we really have a deep connection with especially the dark knight which is one of the most batmanish movies there has ever been i mean Let's face it, Heath Ledger owned that movie. His depiction as the Joker is one of the most, you know, basically the version of Joker that we always think of when we think of the Joker, right? We either think of Heath Ledger or more modern day Joaquin Phoenix. So now you have two versions of Joker that are more modern day that you, you know, which one do you like? Of course, there are some also who like the Cesar Romero Joker. That's right. Did some of you know that? I'm sure there are many of you that do. Some of you may not know that Cesar Romero, the the Latino, you know, heartthrob from back in the 50s, <laughs> he played the Joker. And very amusingly enough, very really quick sidebar here. Did you know that Cesar Romero refused to shave his mustache for the part of Joker? So if you look, he has the mustache on under the makeup It looks. Especially now that you can see everything in high def, it looks ridiculous. But you know what? We give it a pass because he does such a great job as a joker. And of course we can't forget Jack Nicholson. He kind of took Cesar Romero's Joker and gave it a little Nicholson, you know, polish, a little panache with his with his, you know, style, his comedic flair and his psychotic flair. He got he kind of brought a little bit of Jack from the Shining, I thought in his depiction just a little bit not too much but a little bit so anyway getting back to the subject you had that batman and that brought us you know all these other comic book movies you know marvel studios came around and they just kind of dominated for so long and showed us this is how you do a comic book movie and you know all of those are originals those were not well i mean they had other there were other Marvel films, but we're not going to count those. You know, these really were original films. You had Iron Man, which had never been done on film before, which amazed me that it had never been done, especially in the 80s with all the awesome practical effects they had back then. I'm actually kind of glad they didn't do it because I think they would have been, it wouldn't have been as good. And Robert Downey Jr., just, he is Iron Man. And all those really did so great. But, what about the reboots discussing earlier about total recall in 2012 this reboot came out with Colin Farrell and everyone thought, wow, the trailer looks pretty good, but the movie flopped, you know, it just, it didn't work. It was by Len Wiseman. It starred him and uh, Colin Farrell and Kate Beckinsale had a lot of glossy CGI visuals, but pretty much, it was not that great. It wasn't anywhere near as entertaining as the original with Arnold Schwarzenegger and the luscious Sharon Stone, you know, uh, she played his, you know, quote unquote wife in the beginning, remember? And it just, it just wasn't the same. There, there were a few Easter eggs, a few throwbacks to the original, but it just, it just didn't do it for a lot of us. And of, you know, speaking of something that didn't do it for a lot, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the 2014 version when they came out with the original turtles in the late 80s it was amazing jim henson did his usual magic and really brought the teenage mutant ninja turtles to life with the amazing the 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 puppetry the animatronics they looked real they look well they looked as real as, as mutant ninja turtles are going to look okay i mean and splinter you know you really felt it when they had that one scene the turtles had the scene by the campfire you guys remember and then the spirit of splinter kind of sprung up that was a very poignant moment that was powerful because it showed the brothers connecting to what their sensei taught them and that's that kind of spiritual connection I, I feel like the new i mean I like the new movies don't mean, don't get me wrong they they were cool in their own right, but the baby face turtles just didn't do it for me i mean they just it just didn't it didn't have that 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 powerful emotional connection that the original had and I hope that you're starting to see a pattern here with some of these now we go ahead and we go to Tomb Raider do you guys? any of you remember when the original Tomb Raider came out with Angelina Jolie as uh, Lara Croft? I mean, that was awesome. The first one was amazing. I mean, you know, they started to peter out after the, I think it was the third one, the Cradle of Life, whatever. Yeah. The the first one was fantastic. You know, Angelina Jolie did an amazing job. She really brought everything to that part. And, um, you know, I loved her in that. I really did. And Then they tried to bring it back again in 2018 with Alicia Vikander. And listen, no disrespect to Miss Vikander. I hope I'm saying her name correctly. Vikander, I'm sorry. Um, But it just didn't have the same flair. It didn't have – I mean, yes, you had a lot of CGI stuff. You had a lot of action. um, But it was just – the storyline was dry. It was just not as inspiring as the first one. And and that's just, again – and then another property that they tried to reboot Power Rangers. Look, Power Rangers – oh, how do I even do this? How do I – one moment, please. I'm back. Sorry, I have a cough, so I got to do my cough button every so often. You know, the thing about properties like Power Rangers, whenever whenever you're bringing a property from – A foreign entity like anime or anything like that even just a foreign film and you're trying to make it work if you digress from what the original intent was by even a small margin you better have a damn good reason power rangers cannot be taken seriously in live action notice what i just said power rangers Cannot be taken seriously in live action. Now, before some I know some of you are yelling at me right now. Wait a minute, Emmy. I very, got really invested in the original Power Rangers now. Yes, but there was, there was humor. You got invested because they didn't take themselves seriously. For crying out loud, there were two characters called Bulk and Skull. That was their actual names. It It, it wasn't, it was basically a cartoon in live action. And, but even though it was like that they had dramatic moments you know the whole storyline with tommy and the green power ranger slash white power ranger hold that whole arc and you know that that was that was powerful even the first power rangers movie with the god awful villain whom i can't even remember his name i was hoping rita Repulsa was going to be the bad guy she was great but when they had what's his face that the, the the goofy goopy whatever lord goopy i don't know see i mean it's like that to me he wasn't even intimidating he was like he was like a a rainbow bright villain (laughs) and of course you know they tried very hard to really pump the budget on that one i mean with the the fancy headlights coming out of the helmets they spent way too much film time on those stupid headlamps if you saw the original you'll know what I'm talking about. So, you know, of course when this reboot happened, they tried very hard to bring it to the modern audiences audiences, but it just it, it just didn't have that wild campy tone that made the original series so much fun. And unfortunately, <clears throat> it didn't it just didn't do well. Now, I will say that plans for a sequel are in the works, although I want to ask why. So, again, it just didn't have that same you know the the just the flair that the original had so do i really need to keep going here you know i mean there were a lot of okay i'm gonna do one more i'm gonna do one more (laughs) one more spider-man spider-man when the original spider-man came out with toby Maguire, that set the bar it was a fantastic film sam raimi did an amazing job toby Maguire did an amazing job James Franco, um, dog on it. Um, I, I, got, I had her name and Kirsten Dunst did a great job. <clears throat> and you know, Willem Dafoe was a fantastic villain as Green Goblin. That to me was like, if not the best, one of the best comic book movies ever made. Then they they upped their game with a with Spider Man Two with Alfred Molina playing Doc Ock. You know, Dr. Octopus is one of the most uh I don't want to say controversial, but he he was very um, you know, emotionally unbalanced villains in Spider-Man. He he's very complicated. That's the word I was looking for, complicated. Because is he a bad guy? Is he not a bad guy? Is 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 he just very misunderstood? Is he just misguided? You know, and, that, and, and you'll get a different uh, answer depending on who you talk to. Some people will say, no, he wasn't a, really a bad guy. he just wanted to make the world a better place, and he just got caught up in, in his own inventions. He was kind of like a uh, like if Reed Richards became a bad guy, well, I don't think anybody will <laughs> you ask a lot of comic book fans, what is Reed Richards? Uh, you won't get a lot of compliments about him, OK. Reed Richards isn't exactly the greatest husband or dad I mean you know those of you that know the comics know what I'm talking about well anyway they tried to do Spider-Man again after the complete disaster that was Spider-Man 3 you know hashtag emo Peter they tried it several years later in 2012 with the amazing Spider-Man starring Andrew Garfield now instead of injecting excitement into the Spider-Verse it just flopped. Didn't do well. And the second one came out. Didn't do well either. So then now they're trying it again. And this time they hit a home run with the amazing Spider-Man as, uh, uh, excuse me, Tom Holland and Tom Holland is a fantastic Spider-Man, a fantastic Spider-Man. So thank God for that. And you know, um, I'm going to just insert one more, one more in that. I promise I'll stop. Fantastic Four. Oh, boy. You know, several years ago, I interviewed Marty Langford about his documentary of the failed Fantastic Four film um, that came out. If you guys haven't read, uh, haven't heard the interview yet, you need to. It's very interesting. It's called Doomed. Um, in fact, you, you, I'm sure you heard him in, in my intro, uh, my guest intro. And in that interview, Marty talked about a lot of things. He mentioned how the current – the owners of the Fantastic Four property are the reason or at least one of the reasons why the property hasn't done well. The, the person who has got the rights, it has to go through them, the same person. You realize it's the same person that keeps that – they keep churning it out, So and they're just not getting it right. And it's so sad because this is one of the most beloved properties in all of Marvel. It's one of the first ones. That Stan Lee really came out with. It was the first family. The Fantastic Four were the first superhero family. And for them to still not get it right, it's really – it's very sad. It's very sad. All right, so now that I've given you several properties that have come out and failed, what am I getting at? What's the whole point to all of this? The point is Hollywood needs to stop. Hollywood just needs to stop with the reboots. They need to stop all these remakes. And they've tried to. They've tried to stop with doing what's called the requel. That's what I'm going to get into in my next segment. So we're going to take a quick break. When I come back, we are going to talk about the requels. And we're going to start with Star Trek and Star Wars. So we'll be right back after this.
1: Put your warp speed on hold, Graveyard Shift fan. Our illustrious host, Emmy. Why the hell does he always say that word, illustrious? We'll be right back after this break with more shifty... (laughs) Yeah, like shitty awesomeness. I can't believe this guy. Who the hell does he think he is? Um. Oh. Okay. Um. Yeah. We'll, uh... We'll we'll be right back. Ugh. If you want to call the graveyard Shift and chat with Emmy, now's your chance.
2: Call in at area code 516-595-8313. That's 516 595-8313. I mean, come on, what's stopping you? Really? He's you're you're making him sad now. I mean he's I mean he's already pretty pathetic, but hey, stop it already!
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah,
1: Shifties, you're listening to the Graveyard Shift online radio talk show, broadcasting live on blogtalkradio.com slash the Graveyard Shift. Follow us at hashtag Shift show. for our Twitter feed. Stay punched in. We'll be back.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, to the What's Great drug Talk Show. Oh God,
2: I love this song. This is an oldie, man. I don't know how many of you guys know this one.
0: You hey! <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh man, that was an oldie. I, I just, I'm sorry I had to do that to you guys, but I mean that just, I had to. I didn't have a choice on that one. Welcome back, guys. This is we're in the second half of our show. Thank you for hanging in there for all of you that are listening. And so we were discussing before the break about remakes and reboots. And I said when we came back I was gonna discuss what I call the requel. Now once again, let me recap. The requel is when at least this is how I'm defining it, when somebody takes a property that's already been established that's already got, you know at least one or two films or 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 an episode, whatever. it can be TV, movie, whatever, and they make a continuation of it. Not necessarily with the same characters. So we're going to discuss that basically this is what Hollywood is doing now. Instead of putting out a lot of original ideas, they're bringing all these properties that have already been done, and they're just kind of injecting new-ish stories to them and hoping that you'll like it. So we're going to start this with the one that a lot of you already know about, which is Star Trek. Star Trek, it's been around for a very long time. Come on, guys, since the 60s. And it's been redone so many times. They tried, well, I don't want to say be redone, but they, they did a lot of movies about it. You know, they brought it back in the late 70s with Star Trek The Motion Picture, which unfortunately did not do well. I mean, I, I don't know why. I'm, well, I do know why, but it's a shame because I actually really enjoyed Star Trek The Motion Picture. I mean, for one thing, the the song, the the music from that movie is what they used for the opening and theme song of Star Trek, the next generation, it's just, you know, it gets tiring after hearing, hearing it so many times. So, you know, in that film, the villain was kind of, the bad guy was, you know, rather ambiguous. And, and it was a villain that they really couldn't interact with directly. And I think that kind of is one of the biggest reasons what hurt them. Um, I, I love the twist that they brought in that film, you know, if you haven't seen it yet and or maybe because you haven't seen it, because you've heard how bad it is. I actually would, would, would urge you to see it. It's, it is a good movie. It does have a good plot. Um, most of the time. I mean, it does drag quite a bit. So just, you know, if you really just want to forward through it until they get to the end, that's fine. Um, but I, I actually did like it. I liked the twist in the end. And, you know, it kind of had a uh, uh, sort of like a Close Encounters type of feel to it towards the end. Those of you that have seen it know what I'm talking about. So anyway, of course, they redeemed themselves with Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. You know, come on. That's one of the greatest Star Trek movies ever made. You know, who doesn't want to see Ricardo Montalban be almost completely without a T-shirt? Come on, anybody, right? Just me? Okay. Oh, anyway, let's fast forward. So we had all those Star Trek next-gen movies. Uh, Those did, you know, relatively well. I think, you know, everybody knows that those were kind of made with the intention of appealing to the already established Star Trek fan base. Then after, you know, Nemesis, you had several years, and then we came with Star Trek, the 2009 version, with a completely new cast. They totally retconned a lot of stuff. They... They, they changed the timeline, so now this is Star Trek in a sort of alternate timeline, and they have, like, Chris Pine is in it. Uh, you've got Zachary Quinto, who plays Spock beautifully. Carl Urban as Dr. McCoy. I mean, you know, it, it just, it, it was a really great movie. It really was. I enjoyed it. I mean, I could have done without the lens flare, but you know what? The lens flare did not ruin the film. No, more normally it would, but in this particular case, it was great even with it. I mean, Eric Bana as as the villain uh, was great. You know, they had them fighting their usual Romulan bad guys, and that's that's what that's what Star Trek should be. And in fact, Abrams brought a Star Wars type of feel to Star Trek that we hadn't seen before. You know, and that was something that really brought a new atmosphere to star trek it really brought us into star trek in a way that that we didn't see it you know and it really made it exciting and and action-packed for a change i mean well let let me let me actually let me do a sidebar on that star trek is action-packed even before that it was it just it was action-packed in a different way it was was tense it was suspenseful you know it was kind of like the uh the old run silent run deep you know, uh film with Clark Gable, you know, it had that, 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 that submarine battle type of feel to it. You know, those were the old Star Trek movies. And, you know, if, if you don't know what I mean, I mean, all you have to do is watch Star Trek Two: the wrath of Khan, the fight between uh, I think it was, was it the Reliant? I think it was Khan's ship and the Enterprise when they go through that, that, that cloud, that nebula or whatever it was. And they were like, not sure where the other one was. There was just so much tension in that scene because you know, especially that one part where uh, one of the ships was flying right over the other one, and it's like, oh my gosh, are they going to see them? Or are they not going to see them? So that was there was action. It was just a different kind. But with the 2009 Trek, you got more in your face, you know,
0: pew pew pew
2: action. So that actually worked. That was a requel that worked. And now because of that, we have all these now these new Star Trek properties that now Gene Roddenberry's son is now in charge, which I, I think that's wonderful. I think it's absolutely fantastic that it's someone in the family, it's someone that is, he passed the legacy down to his son and now his son is in charge. Now we've got Star Trek Discovery, we've got, you know, Picard um, and, you know, they're going to, I'm sure they've got other, they're going to have other ones. But, you know, so far, hey, we're very happy with what we've got so far. So that's one. Now we're going to talk about Star Wars. Oh, boy. Uh, one moment, please. Now with Star Wars, I I don't even know how to how to even discuss this. Oh, how do I discuss Star Wars? Well, you know, you had the Star Wars films that came out originally, and you know, they were awesome. Of course, they. Brought us to you the, to the world of Luke Skywalker, and and you know we fell in love with it. And then several years passed by after Return of the Jedi. After we thought that was it, here comes the next one, the the prequels, okay, with the Phantom Menace, <laughs> a Star Wars movie about tax, about tax evasion or tax whatever. I mean, ugh, good lord, it was oh. You know what? It. I have a bittersweet memory of these films because at one one side they're cringeworthy, much like this episode of my talk show. On another side, they're they're great, you know, because we have Liam Neeson, we have Ewan McGregor, uh, we have Natalie Portman, um, you know, and 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 of course, you know emperor palpatine we have that whole story that was basically about him those prequels about how he ascended to power and you know it it really brought a new kind of atmosphere to star trek that we hadn't seen before we hadn't seen the other you know other people in that verse so those are kind of like the requels those are films set in the star wars universe but about other people and coming back to what I was saying about Star Trek, same thing with that. So Star Trek Discovery is about in the Star Trek universe, but with other characters starring. Now, Picard, Picard is kind of a requel, sort of. I mean, granted, it does star the titular character of Next Generation, but he's surrounded by people that weren't necessarily a part of the original show not including seven of nine i i don't know if she's going to be a regular character in the series i mean um for those of you that haven't seen the series i'm sure you've seen her in the trailers she you know i'm not going to say anything other than i don't know if she's going to be a regular character or not if she is then okay, still, I would still put it in the requel category, but just barely. But anyway, getting back to Star Wars, you know, you had the prequel starring Anakin Skywalker. So we got to see Darth Vader, his storyline, how he became Darth Vader, and it was great. I mean, everyone, of course, knows that Revenge of the Sith is the best of the three prequels. I mean, that's just overwhelmingly the consensus. I'm not even going to mention Attack of the Clones <laughs> because you guys know why. And, of course, they made the Star Wars Clone Wars film, which, you know, then they made the, the TV series. That was awesome in its own regard because we got to see Ahsoka Tano, and she just became her own – she gained her own fan base. So now she is someone that we want to see in live action, like really, really badly. I just hope that if they do put her in live action, it's going to be a good person somebody portraying or a good actress. So, you know, and then, of course, you had more requels. You had uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. They weren't even trying to hide with that one. They were like, you know what? We're just going to make a movie and put it in the Star Wars universe, and we're going to say it's a Star Wars story. Rogue One. And then they had another one, Solo. And I think when they made Solo, I think they finally realized, okay, we're milking this way too much. I mean – it says something when you have an academy award winning director Ron Howard directing a Star Wars film with Woody Harrelson, Amelia Clark and Donald Glover starring in it and Alden Ehrenreich and they still didn't bring it not completely. I did enjoy it but not as much as I as I wanted to. It just didn't, I don't know, it just didn't excite me as much as the original Star Wars films did. You know, I think it's going to come to the point where we realize it never will. It never will. No Star Wars film is going to excite us as much. Although, Rogue One got really close. Rogue One had an unbelievably awesome story. It really had that, that, original star wars you know excitement to it it had you know uh all these very involved characters you know it had its own 3po sort of sort of (laughs) and you know i think they did a great job in that one um i'm not even gonna go into the ewok movies no i will not mention the ewok movies those are how dare you one of the fans want me to talk about the holiday special how, how dare you? Let's fast forward to the newest Star Wars films. We come out in 2015 with another requel. Star Wars Episode 7. The Force Awakens. Starring Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, among others. And of course Harrison Ford and Peter Mayhew. May Mayhew rest in peace. You know, it's amazing how this was actually a really good movie. I think that one of the reasons why it did so well and why so many people liked it is because we had so many years to wait for it. So we were excited about a new Star Wars film coming out. We're like, oh my gosh, I wonder where what's Anne doing? What's Chewbacca doing? You know, where where's Yoda? Well, Yoda's force goes, but where's, you know, where is Where where's Luke? Right? So we got a recall, but it was good. It was a good recall. And we got to learn about uh, Ray. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I called it way back then, and I have family members that can attest to this. When I was watching that film, I was like, nine will give you ten. She's Emperor Palpatine's daughter or granddaughter or something. This is going to be about Palpatine's bloodline. I bet you anything. And I was right. I was right. I called it when I saw that they didn't, you know, mention her parents. But, you know, part of me hoped that it wouldn't be. Part of me hoped that she was a nobody because that Luke started out as a nobody. He thought he was just some moisture farmer. And, you know, then what made but then he saw that he had a connection with destiny. And that was fine. It worked at that point. But now we've had so many characters with so much connection to destiny that we've gotten tired of it. So, people want just whoever. They want a character with no, you know, fate and legends and, you know, just somebody, anybody, maybe somebody that accidentally happens upon Destiny. I I don't know. Just the point is, it's been done to death and it needs to have a break. So, then when The Last Jedi came out, oh boy, did you have a lot of fan boys and girls, but heard about that one. I actually enjoyed the last Jedi. I loved it. I thought it was a great movie. I thought it was very very um kind of I I felt it was very Empire Strikes Back-ish, but not as powerful as that. It was almost almost as powerful. I mean, I'm sorry, just nothing to me will ever match the Empire Strikes Back. It will will, will something be almost as good, maybe? but not never as good as because empire strikes back is, is forever engraved in a specific area of my childhood that I will always remember and, and love. So how can anything ever replace it? It can't, but I still loved the last Jedi. I don't understand why everyone's so butthurt about it. You know, the whole thing about the ship warping into another ship, man, that had never been done before, you know, I thought that was amazing. I I loved that part. I thought that was a great part. You know, um, the Mary Poppins thing about Princess Leia. Listen, you don't mess around with Carrie Fisher. God rest her soul. You don't mess around with the princess. That's our princess. Nobody better not say any complaints about anything having to do with Princess Leia. Any scene involving her gets a pass because it's her. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Then they came out with episode nine, The Rise of... Of
0: Skywalker.
2: I don't even know where to begin with this. They took. The exact opposite. Path that I thought they would take. I actually liked. That at the end of the last Jedi. Kylo Ren said you're a nobody to her. That you were. You know your your, your parents were, were were. Filthy smugglers. They sold you to make a buck. I loved that. I thought that was perfect. You know, the fact that this, this quote unquote, nobody got to be such an important character. And then they totally just pooped all over it. They pooped all over it. And then they made her another Destiny connected character. But that would have been fine if they had handled it differently. You know, we didn't have that connection. There was no destiny connection with her in the previous films. Now I know some might say well wait a minute Amy, no, because she connected with Han and with Leia. No 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 other characters did too. So did Finn. You know, so did Rose. And they didn't have any destiny connection. You know, Finn was a stormtrooper. I love that. I love that he was a stormtrooper and and you know that was pretty much a random numbered stormtrooper. And he became important. But I was more invested in him as a character because of that. I still liked Rey as a character. I still liked her, even in Rise of Skywalker. But I hated that they had to bring back an old villain. The the Emperor should have stayed dead. They did not need the Emperor as a bad guy. The threat of the Empire by itself is enough of a bad guy. I think just the threat of it, the threat of them as the empire. I you know what I would have liked? I would have liked if the if the if the knights of ren were the bad guys. I think it would have been totally totally amazing and totally fitting if the very people that Kylo Ren trained or trained with and fought alongside with if they came back and said, "Man, you betrayed us. Now we're going to go up against you." If they had done that, I think that would have been awesome. I really do. And but they didn't do that. They 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 went the complete opposite way and had a bad guy on life support. And I think that just really that just really soured the whole experience for me, you know? I mean, I want to say I like it overall because it's a Star Wars film and And that's it. They're not doing anything else with the Skywalker storyline. I mean, it's about time, but I feel it was a lackluster ending, a really lackluster ending to such an epic, epic storyline. And I will also say, and I'm sorry I didn't say this before, I give so much credit to the cast and crew, okay? I actually know several people that were in that film, in these last three films, actually in all of them. And listen, this is no disrespect to any of them any of them they everyone did a fantastic job um i'm not putting blame on anyone other than you know the people in charge of of choosing the story behind this whoever that is whether it's the director whether it's the producer whoever i feel like they maybe they caved to the fan responses okay i feel like you know rian johnson did such an amazing job directing last jedi and for them to bring in J.J. Abrams, although he's a great director, don't get me wrong. I feel he was the wrong choice for this film. Especially, you know, when you take into consideration what he did for Justice League. You know, I'm sorry, but you can't deny that. So, so in other words, to wrap all of this up, requels are where we're at right now. That's, where we're, that's what kind of entertainment we're getting from Hollywood. And whether or not you think that's a good or bad thing, that's up to you. I I think it depends on the property. I think it it depends on you know what they do with it, what you know how how are they changing it? How are they uh what, what are they bringing into the story? I think going forward there's going to be a point where Hollywood's going to have to realize there's no more properties to do new stories of. And they're going to have to start you know, bringing um, original content, and and you know uh, that's that's something that they're going to have to start doing. So anyway, I'm going to go on a quick break. When I get back, I'm going to talk to you about what new series do I think you should be watching. So really quick break, and I'll be right back, guys. If I can do
1: this very quickly. I Come in, Houston. This is Apollo X. This is Apollo X. Request special permission to dock with the station. Uh, Roger, Apollo. You are go for station dock. Welcome aboard, Shifties. You're listening to the Graveyard Shift online radio talk show. Broadcasting live on BlogTalkRadio.com/slash The Graveyard Shift. Follow us at hashtag #EmmyShiftShow for our Twitter feed. Stay punched in. We'll be back. live from a war-torn battlefield from atop a 200-foot-tall, last-of-its-kind woolly mammoth driving a bunch of drunk zombies on their way to an all-you-can-eat super-flesh buffet. Teaching a cat how to speak fluent Klingon. You're listening to the Graveyard Shift online radio talk show. And now, just finish from sucker-punching your country's ruthless dictator, because he's just that damn cool. Here's your illustrious host. Abby. All
2: right, guys. So without any further ado, because we're really running out of time, here's a few shows that I think you should watch. So first of all, Picard. Picard is a great series. Um, it really is a lot of fun just to, just to look at uh, Patrick Stewart. He's such an unbelievably talented guy. Um, an, under, an unreal – just the story is is – it's fresh, you know, it's fresh, but yet it harkens back to a lot of the next generation uh, stories that may have been unanswered um, where, you know, the story kind of takes place many years after Nemesis. So if you haven't seen Star Trek Nemesis, which I don't know many people who haven't, but if you haven't watch it and then you'll understand, you know, what's going on in the movie. I highly recommend it. Um, another one. Uh, This is kind of in the anime category, Devilman Crybaby. It's not brand new, but it's still considered new-ish. If you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend you do. It's very mature for anime. I mean, that's saying a lot when you talk about anime. But if you haven't seen it yet, highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, You know, uh, there's, of course, on on Netflix, there's several things. Uh, There's like a movie called Mewvie, which is about cat memes. Now that's kind of a cute little... um, Documentary to watch, and again in the anime category, if you haven't seen the old, the classic Saint Seiya: Knights of the Zodiac, highly recommend you do. Very unbelievably awesome, awesome, original anime series, one of the first Shonen animes that they've ever uh, done. I also would recommend uh, in the documentary category. Jim and Andy, The Great Beyond, which is a, talking about Jim Carrey's portrayal of Andy Kaufman. If you haven't seen it yet, that's a great insight into how an actor goes into method acting. And I mean, he really goes method. And um, another documentary, if you haven't seen it, Fire, F Y R E. Uh, it's about the Fire Festival, which, if you haven't seen it yet, wow, really, really eye opening, quite frankly. Um, I. I could go into a lot more, but that's just a few to get you started. So tune in next week, same time, Wednesday, 8.30 p.m. And um, hopefully at some point soon we'll have somebody to interview. Until then, guys, this is Emmy from The Graveyard Shift, and I am punching out. See y'all.